0: This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds and Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Learn how operating differently can help you overcome the pressures facing your dealership today at reyrey.com slash operate differently. That's R-E-Y, R-E-Y dot com slash operate dash differently.
1: Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, May 19th, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, executive
2: editor of Automotive News. And I'm Callan Walker. Today on the show, We've got a couple of huge truck launches to talk about. The 2024 Silverado EV will have a longer range than GM first thought. Toyota hopes to recapture a vice-like hold on the mid-sized truck market with the new Tacoma. And Unifor unveils its top priorities for Detroit Three Talks this year. Plus, the deadline is approaching for retailers to comply with the FTC's updated safeguards rule. We'll hear about what dealers should be doing now to prepare
3: it's never too late to start doing the right thing. The logical question is, what can we do to start today? And I think you really got to start by giving that qualified individual to assist you with that.
2: Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Chevrolet's first electric
1: pickup will have an EPA-estimated 450 miles of range on a full charge when it launches this year. That exceeds General Motors' earlier estimate of 400 miles for the 2024 Chevy Silverado EV work truck which will be intended for fleet customers. The truck will start at just under 80 grand, including shipping. GM's incoming North America president, Roy Harvey, says the company thinks the longer range will give it a competitive advantage in the fleet market. Chevy says the work truck version of the electric full-size pickup is set to launch this spring. A slightly cheaper work truck with a GM-estimated 350 miles of range and a starting price of 75000 will follow as will other versions of the work truck line starting as low as about 42000 The fully-loaded RST First Edition for retail buyers is scheduled to arrive this fall. GM expects it to have 400 miles of range and a price of just under $107,000. Other retail trims such as Trail Boss are also planned.
2: With the redesigned 2024 Toyota Tacoma arriving at U.S. dealerships this year, Toyota looks to brush back newly improved offerings from Detroit 3 rivals and reinforce its formerly Vice-like hold on the important segment. Toyota unwrapped the latest Tacoma for the media on Thursday. The 2024 model features a new optional hybrid powertrain, improved ride, and a big technology upgrade to fend off midsize pickup rivals. The Tacoma segment share in the U.S. peaked in 2013 at a massive 65% as other automakers exited midsize pickups in favor of more profitable full-size pickups. However, their return a few years later began to bite into Toyota's dominance. By 2018, the Tacoma's share of the segment had fallen to under 47%, and in 2022, it dropped to 39%. That's according to the Automotive News Research and Data Center. Pensions,
1: wages, transition plans to electric vehicle production, and new investment have emerged as Unifor's bargaining priorities in upcoming negotiations with the Detroit Three automakers. Unifor's Special Auto Council met in London, Ontario this week to prioritize the demands. They'll bring those to the table when negotiations for the union's 20,000 auto sector members begin in August. The Auto Council delegates raised concerns about rising inflation income security during retooling for EV production, hiring and retention challenges, and the unionization of new EV facilities. Unifor has not yet announced which company it will select to set the contract pattern for the remaining rounds of bargaining with the other companies.
2: And meanwhile, in union news here in the U.S., Constellium and the UAW return to the bargaining table Thursday as a strike continues against the Ford Aluminum parts supplier. Ten-year employee Michael Murray says workers are concerned about frequent oil spills and other safety issues in the plant.
0: All of
1: us, hourly, have brought it to their attention and they fail to fix it. We've had people falling and hurting themselves. We are being unjustly treated. They do not respect us in there.
2: The contract was originally set to expire on May 13th. The UAW extended it through May 16th before striking the next day. The UAW says... They wanted to negotiate during that extension, but were not able to schedule a meeting with the company. A spokesperson for Constellium did not respond to a request for comment. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, what are your thoughts on these pickup truck EPA estimates? And are these numbers too good to be true? They're real. They're, They're true numbers
1: for the EPA and what it's measuring. But when we're thinking about work trucks, right, they're carrying heavy loads. They're off and out in more difficult times, maybe even when it's cold and the range gets drained. When people are working, when they're doing heavy construction or whatever, they're not going to get 450 miles of range. But the automakers, and it's the same with Ram aiming for a 500-mile range on their EV pickup, is to to have the big number so that when you load it up, you'll still get 200 miles, 300 miles, something like that. that can drive all day or most of the day get to a job site, take the equipment and bring it back and not, not leave
2: you stranded, but you're not gonna be driving 200 miles each way to the job site. Gotcha, coming up. We'll hear about what dealerships should be doing right now to prepare for the updated safeguards rule. That's next on Daily Drive.
0: Economic uncertainty, vehicle affordability, and ever-increasing customer expectations are threatening the profitability and efficiency gains you've made over the last couple of years You may be finding the strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were.
3: You offer online options so customers can begin the buying process remotely. But your salespeople have to rebuild the deal or correct it during the in-store appointment. You ask your advisors to be proactive about calling customers to get work approved, but still wind up with occupied bays and stalled jobs when the customer doesn't answer the phone. Your business office clerks are trying to process deal jackets faster, but funding still takes weeks. The strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. Getting better at outdated and inefficient processes will only get you so far. Let's face it, Netflix isn't a household name because they got really good at mailing DVDs. And nearly half of Apple's revenue comes from the iPhone, not from the computers the company was founded on. These companies evolved as new challenges presented themselves instead of sticking with the status quo. It's time for a mindset shift. It's time to operate differently.
0: Finding new and innovative ways to operate is essential to effectively managing the pressures facing your dealership. Visit rayray.com slash operate differently to get started. That's reyrey.com slash operate differently.
1: Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. The deadline is quickly approaching for complying with the Federal Trade Commission's new rules to ensure customer data is safe at dealerships and other businesses. The FTC's updated safeguards rule was scheduled to go into effect in December, but businesses, including auto dealerships, were given an extension to June. Robert Eben, senior manager of legal affairs at KPA, which advises mid-sized companies on workforce issues, spoke with Automotive News senior editor Dan Schein about some things dealerships should be doing now to make sure they're in compliance by the June 9th deadline.
4: Robert, welcome back to the F&I Friday edition of Daily Drive.
3: Thanks for having me, Dan.
4: This is a little bit of a deja vu, or I could say welcome to the Procrastinators Club, because we had this discussion, I want to say in late fall, early winter, when the original safeguards deadline of December was fast approaching and it was extended and now about a month away, looming the new safeguard rules deadline. Walk us back a little bit and tell us a little bit about why the FTC is taking these measures to institute these kind of new safeguards rules, updated safeguards rules, and why they gave another six month extension out to June for,
3: for folks. Yeah, well, thanks for having me again. And it's, as you said, like what Yogi Bear has always said, deja vu all over again here, but to to refresh, All the way back in October 2021, the FTC announced updates to the safeguards rule after years and years and years of comments and deliberation. And the reason for that was um, they wanted to better protect uh, from breaches and cyber attacks, as you've seen in the news, perhaps lately. Seems like every other week there's a hack uh, or a cyber attack going for major companies. And so they cited that as the reason to, to update the rule because as you know typically technology advances at a much faster rate than laws and so they thought hey maybe you know it's time to update this since it's became effective all the way back in 2003 now the most onerous parts of the rule were originally slated to become effective as you said back in December of 2022 they actually put that on hold to now June 9th 2023 so about a month away and i think the reason for that or, or one of the main concerns that they cited were because financial institutions were having trouble finding qualified individuals to help them oversee their information security programs as required by the safeguards rule. So there was a lot of complaints there by financial institutions and the FTC heard them and said, okay, we'll give you an extra six months to try and find them.
4: And if you said, oh, great, uh, I've, got a, I've got a delay. I can sit back for a while. Probably not the right move, uh, but uh, give me some. I think, I think there were maybe about nine major kind of requirements of folks needed to kind of comply with. Give me some highlights of some of the more important ones that uh, are part of this new rule.
3: Yeah. So I think the ones that we're focusing on from a dealer's perspective, that the onerous ones, as I said, number one was to appoint that qualified individual. The old rule used to say you can have multiple people help you run that information security program. Now it's a single person that's qualified. They don't actually list what the qualifications are in the rule, but I think that's the first part. You got to have the captain of the ship, so to speak. I think also there's a lot of onerous it requirements that are now directly contemplated in the rule which you know we're talking about penetration testing vulnerability assessments uh encryption of customer information at rest and transit multi-factor authentication so all those it things are extremely important to get on top of at a high level and i think data mapping is really important for dealers which is essentially where you're getting information and where you're sending it to. And it might seem simple on its surface, but it takes quite a bit of time to actually figure it out, especially uh, larger dealerships. They do have have quite a few vendors that help them with their customer information. So those are kind of some of the high level things that I think of that dealers should be aware of.
4: And if I really haven't, if I'm a dealer and I haven't really started a lot of the stuff in earnest in my in trouble or other is there still is there still hope
3: for me yeah i think uh i think you are in trouble a little bit because you know we've now been been talking about this for for what it seems like years already but you know many many months but there still is hope i mean you never it's never too late to start doing the right thing you know i think the logical question is what can we do to start today and i think you really got to start by giving that qualified individual. Not only can you do that internally, but you can also appoint vendors out there to assist you with that. I think data mapping is a process that you you really need to get on top of as, as soon as possible. I think that those IT requirements, again, help of vendors is really important there, especially for dealers who may not be technologically advanced there. And I think finally, the, the two other things that we got to start doing immediately Update your required documents, like your information security program. Uh, update them. Um, to, you, you continuously need to update them, but start now. Also, start training your employees as soon as possible on these new requirements.
4: There's some low-hanging fruit that you can get to, and I don't know if the FTC will come knocking on your door the day after the the deadline is over and give you a big fine. But like, I think if you're showing good effort. Uh, <laughs> to get there i don't know why you're not there yet but you know some people are just a little bit slower than others i also wanted to before we leave talk a little bit we talk about these high tech kind of things or you know multi-factor authentication and things like that but kpa you also kind of talk a little bit about just kind of those low-tech
3: safety things dealership should be thinking about can you
4: talk about a couple of those
3: yeah well i think you got to remember too that the rule was developed all the way back in 2003 and uh, dealers were required to follow the rules since then and so physical safeguards are still extremely important especially at a brick and mortar um, shop like a dealership is you still handle a lot of physical customer information if you're thinking about like photocopying and driver's license for a test drive your physical deal jackets and that type of thing so physical safeguards are still extremely important um, and you shouldn't uh, lose sight of those. Like, for example, locking doors, locking file cabinets, making sure that, um, you know, sensitive customer information, we're talking about credit apps, for example, are not in, in plain view or easily uh, taken from, you know, secured locations. So that's extremely important. And tangentially, we've heard a lot of issues with that over the years where people walking into dealerships and, and trying to to take literally what you might think is garbage, but you know there are completed credit applications that haven't been shredded that are in the garbage and they're just taking it. And that's really the keys to the kingdom for somebody's personal information.
4: Yeah. Scary thought. Robert, it's great having you on again, Our kind of our deja vu conversation and appreciate you sharing your information and wisdom with us.
3: Well, thanks so much, Dan.
1: Robert Eben is Senior Manager of Legal Affairs at KPA. He spoke with our own Dan Shine. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And
2: I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News Coordinating Producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Paige Hodder, Lindsey Van Hulley, Larry Belquette, and Abigail Hamm for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on retail, new products, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, remember to like,
1: leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.